You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What up, though? Welcome to Teacher Talk Podcast, Episode 3, Public versus Private Education. I am your host, Tori J. Anderson, the trillest English teacher in all of the land. Uh, today, I am joined with two very special guests. Um, I guess I will let you guys introduce yourself individually. You can just maybe say your name. Um, just tell us, maybe tell us if you attended a public or private school. Okay. Hey guys, my name is Laura. Um, I attended both. I did uh, public school for high school, and I did private school for elementary and middle. No shame. I went to private school for K through two. Mm-hmm. My name is Quincy, and I attended public schools. Team public in the house. All right. Uh, today's topic once again is public versus private. Up. Uh, before I begin, let me just shamelessly plug myself. You can find our podcast episodes at www.teachingittrill.com or you can follow me on Instagram at teachingittrill. With that being said, let's get into it. So today's topic, public versus private, a triggered conversation, um, was sparked by a recent interview on the New York Breakfast, <coughs> New York uh, radio show, The Breakfast Club, um, featuring Rapper, actor, and activist Killer Mike. Um, on that episode, Killer Mike and DJ Envy got into a very heated conversation about public and private schools um, to the point where I felt very, very attacked. Well, I wouldn't say attacked. I just felt something deep in my soul and in my spirit said, uh-uh, we got to talk about this. And so here we are. Um, but before we begin, before we get into our discussion, I kind of created a game. So each of my guests has a little card that says public or private. Um, and what I'm going to do is I am going to go down a list of just <coughs> criteria or just things. And you can just hold up public or private, whichever one you think has the best. So, for example, school lunch. And I might ask you to expand upon that. So uh, you guys probably can't see us, but we all held up private. And so just like with Black Card revoked um, the majority rules, um, the majority, you know, rules. And, you know, normally I would say, okay, if you lose, you got to take a shot or you got to take a drink. But I'm not going to force my guests to drink. <laughs> However, I will. <laughs> Sips beverage shamelessly. It's the first day of spring break. I have no shame in my game. I earned every sip. I can dig it. All right, all right. So let's get into it. Uh, academic reputation, public or private? Which do you think has the better academic reputation amongst the American people? We all said private. Anybody want to expand upon why? Here's your chance to let it all out. With private, I've always had this mentality that you get what you pay for. So you're paying for technically like a service. I know you pay taxes for public school, but only a portion of those taxes will go to the actual school. Mm-hmm. However, when you do private, your tuition goes to the school, period. Mm-hmm. So you get what you pay for. Do you think because of that, um, private school parents might be a little bit more involved in their students' lives because they're actually paying for the education? So that's it could go either way because when... 
my kids' godparents, their kids go to a pub, go to public schools, mm-hmm. and they've had some awful ones in some cities, and the school was like very low graded. Mm-hmm. However, that child excelled and was accepted into some of the other best schools within the city because the parent made sure her present was known. Okay, so I think that could go either way for a pub, for a private school or a public school as long as it the all parent depends makes on the parent. Their, yeah, that's a true story. What about you? Boils down to class size. Number one, like private schools class size is usually smaller, and it's still an argument against renters versus people who are buying a home when you. Uh, people look at uh, people who go to the public school as more like renters, and mm-hmm. they look at the people who go to private school as homeowners. And you care a little bit more about a lot more if you're a homeowner about how your grass is kept and everything else. And and uh, the perception is that those are in private school. I mean, public school are a little bit looser than that. Okay, that's an amazing analogy. If I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. an English teacher, one. I appreciate a good analogy. All right, uh, college preparation, public or private. So biased. Oh, okay, we got one public, two privates, one public. Let's let, let let's hear the public out. <clears throat> I think that as a as a teacher of of art, you know, I, I teach music, and 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 as an artist, I think most of the kids who come out in, in terms of art and sports in those two areas do do much better, mm-hmm. uh, and if they're, they're much better prepared. Um, because there's no marching bands or there's no lot, lot of that as far as a uh, private school or not even a jazz band, not a band at all. Sometimes wow. it's just not even offered in private school at That's all. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, so, I've never and, even thought about and, that. And, 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 and it's, it's about the arts, too. And, and when we ever think about education, it's always this, this linear approach to thinking about education when, in fact, the arts are just as important. And sports are eh, important, too. Um, and then there's the other arts, just not besides the performing arts, but there's the literary arts. There's all the all the other kind of arts. There's theatrical arts. I think kids come out of the pu- public schools first of all because they're exposed to the community. The more community is well, the community involves themselves in public schools mm-hmm. uh, more than a private school. Whereas private, private schools is very are almost private. yeah, they're very yeah <laughs> private. They're unapproachable, gated. Yep. gated communities. Where a public school is more open to letting artists who come in from uh, to do workshops mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's just, I think public school prepares, uh, it, it all depends on what you're talking about. You're talking about math, maybe, I don't know. So STEM, STEM maybe in a private maybe, school. Maybe, maybe, but as far as all around, generally speaking, I think public school prepares, prepares you just as well, if not better. So private. more well-rounded yeah. kids are prepared yeah. for public schools. Okay. Yeah. Um, college prep, I'm going to say private, um, just because I think that, um, students who might attend a private school probably get a little bit more test prep, um, focused test prep than public school students. Uh, mm-hmm. At a private school, they might have Kaplan as a part of their curriculum. They might have actual Kaplan instructors, instructors or college board instructors. They might have entire SAT prep courses, or not to mention, you know, parents who probably pay for their students to attend private school. And are, smaller class sizes again. Yeah, I was about to say. Mm-hmm. And I have 10 students in a class. That's a, it. A lot of people undervalue the importance of a class size. Mm-hmm. Um, but size going from, matters. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the classroom, Lord does, have mercy. Size definitely matters, no yeah, matter does, what anybody tells you. Um, but even going from a classroom where I had 30 students on average, and I have, you know, I think I have very strong classroom management. But going from a classroom of 30 to where I have a classroom of 19, there's a difference. And, you know, just everyday instruction, I'm able to see more, I'm able to do more, I'm able to interact with my students more based on that class size. However, I do think as far as um, college prep, when it comes to test prep, 
um, private schools might have the advantage just because they might have the additional funding, the the money to pay for just additional test prep opportunities. Um, so yeah, I, I feel, to, you I feel know you don't way. have to speak to it. You know, just letting you know. No, I I feel the exact same way as you, Tori. Um, when I was in high school, I had a choice to either go to a private school or a public school. Um, I played basketball. So I they told me, like, you'll get more scholarships and you'll get looked at better if you go to a public school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did, I did that. I went to a public school. Grades were great, but I stopped playing basketball. <laughs> and then it's it defeats, like, okay. It defeats the whole point. It, it, it kind of did. Then when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I should have went to the private school because I think I would have been better prepared for college. Mm-hmm. So it's... You know, it just depends on what that person is looking for. But in the long run, I think I would have done better for the next level if I would have went to that um, private school. Okay. We already touched on the school size and class size. We already know that private schools are trumping public schools with class size and school size. I mean, the name in itself speaks volumes, right? Mm-hmm. Private being, you know, not many public for everybody. Um, safety or reputation? With the good or the bad, who has the best? Who's which is safer? Private, so private schools are a little bit safer than public schools. Anybody want to speak to that? Or because I mean, a lot of these. So, for example, safety and reputation, special programs, though. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you're talking about uh, where that private public school is. If you're talking about public schools and mostly uh, 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 suburban or rural white districts it's a it's 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 a not safe um because the majority of the school shootings and overwhelming majority of the school shootings where where little little little, little Bert comes in with his daddy's fatigues on and his M16 that he stole out of his gun safe and came and shot up the whole school that doesn't happen in inner cities that's true so when you talk about safety ironically enough when you talk about <laughs> safety we have to have a, a real courageous and honest conversation about about all that, and that goes back, and that even goes back to the outside of the schools. It goes back to period. Who are your m- most of the people who are blowing stuff, blowing shit? Well, that's up just America killing people. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I would say I'd feel safer at the school uh, that I teach at with the metal is, detectors. Well, well <laughs> no, no metal detectors there, but I feel safer because well, uh, in those other detectors. schools, those suburban or rural schools, that's where the mass shootings are mm-hmm. now. Now. Let's on the other, on, let's knock on some wood. On, on the other hand, we don't need that kind of smoke. On the, the other hand, area. on the other hand, outside the school where the drive-by <laughs> shootings are going on, and and you know, see, so safety outside the school, right out, right yeah. when you walk out in in the hood, you you might get got, yeah. as they say. But mm-hmm. inside the school, normally no. Ironically enough, yeah, uh, public so schools, a, you know, man. urban public schools. You know, uh, might be a little safer. What do you want? Good grammar or good taste? Regarding uh, school shootings and things like that, uh, than their suburban and rural counterparts. That's irony at its finest. Yeah, um, the worst. I, I wanted to think, when I think about safety, um, I do think about um, how likely is it that there's an incident, right? Any kind of incident that occurs in you know, education. We say incidents. We don't say fight or... Uh, shooting. We just say incidents. You know, fill out the incident report or fill out the form <laughs> or like, no, let's call it what it is. It's a fight or somebody got shot or somebody's parent came up and they're threatening to beat up so-and-so. Incident is sanitizing. You yeah. Know, it's a yeah. very sanitizing, cleansing, Mr. Clean, pine saw word to use. Mm. 
<laughs> special uh, special programs. So I'm talking about like extracurriculars. Uh, we do know that in public education, uh, them cutting the art, the arts out and eliminating the arts is a major problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a major concern. And but we also know that the lack of emphasis on the arts in private schools um, is also of concern. So I guess we can kind of skip over that. Or you guys want to talk to that? Well, other than the fact that most people attend their kid at private school are not sending them there to, you know, to, 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 to sing uh, to, and to, paint to, to, and to, to, to play, to play jazz or to paint or dance. They send them there, you know, to go to Dartmouth or go wherever they want to yeah. go to Brown or wherever they want to go. I think about like in the, in the movies or in like books that I read, like when there's a, a rich or a well-off family and their, their prodigy decides they want to be an artist or a dancer and they basically like lose their shit. Like, yo, how, how dare you want to become an artist? Like, why don't you want to become a doctor? And I'm just like, What's wrong with becoming an artist? Like, is it that nobody in America values the arts, public or private? Um, that's a whole nother episode. Got, or a whole yeah. nother I got a lot of friends who, who go by the name Dr. So-and-so. These have, just happen to happen to have a doctorate in music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can be a doctor. You, exactly. Like Wayne State has a PhD <laughs> in reading and literature. I'm still going to make, I'm, you know, thinking of applying. And I'm going to still be an asshole and make people call me doctor. Just in case they decide to say you're not a real doctor. Yes, you should. No, yeah, I'm a real doctor. Yeah, it's the same difference. Well, I'm proud of being called an asshole <laughs> without being a doctor. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, costs, which is more affordable. <laughs> we know public schools are more affordable because we're already paying for them. They're free. Yes. Nothing wrong with free. Um, private school costs. I think are ridiculous because some people pay the amount for college tuition and private school tuition before mm. their kids even graduate from the 12th grade. Like, yo, you just spent a whole five year tuition cost just to make sure your student didn't go to school with public school students. Um, I'd be interested in seeing how much actually private schools, how much the, you know, the divorce family spent on mm. their kids tuition. Cause you know, they, they kids ain't going to public schools. Um, religious and moral instruction, <laughs> which, well, we know legally public schools can't. Yeah. <laughs> like they can't. So of course, private schools trump that. So let's say you're a family and that's important to you. Um, religious and moral instruction. Uh, location. Pause. So I lived in Utah for... Oh, uh, yeah. God awful three or four. Are years. you a Mormon? I'm definitely not. Okay. I'm black. <laughs> Can you be black and be a Mormon? <laughs> yes. Wait, <laughs> this isn't hate speech, is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you got I a long know. way to go before you get to hate All speech. Right. So I could answer that. Um I'll do that off the air though. But in Utah, they teach their religion in their public school. That was well. I guess it's a state thing, state by state, huh? Yeah. The Nation of Islam has schools. They teach. They they teach Islam. I mean, yeah, but that's the Nation of Islam. So I would, I'll be more open to sending my child to a school for a Nation of Islam versus a Mormon school. That's because you're black. It's not really so much that teaching religion is not okay. It's Promoting one religion over the other. That is the actual problem. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because I've taught religion in my classes, but I, what I teach is what they're about. Yeah. Not what, what you should believe. Of course, certain things speak for themselves. Or I don't have to better, say. You know, which is, you know. Once like, I teach you history, 
Uh, if I teach you the proper history without the religion, then you talk about the religion. Then you then you you know what time it is. That's true. Yeah. Some things you can't really teach without mentioning religion. Mm-hmm. For example, like the Crusades. History in general, you can't teach without exactly. exactly. Yeah, you can't teach American can't lit talk about without war. You can't talk yeah. about anything. None of it. You yeah. can't teach American literature yeah. without talking about religion. Because that that's what started it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're here because yeah. of religion. Yeah. Well, not why I'm here. You but. know why? I, you know why we're here? No, no, no. <laughs> yes, you are here because of religion too. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah, Look. yeah. They 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 had to make Christians out of us. Good Christians. Slaves be obedient to your masters and unto the Lord. All right. uh, I'm going to skip location and ideology. Quality teachers. So in the Breakfast Club interview, DJ Indy, and this is kind of why I was so up. We got somebody chiming in. Somebody said religion is used for historical perspectives. Religion can be used or religion is used for historical perspective in public schools. Definitely so. Um Especially with history and literature and just pretty much anything. But definitely story. history and English. Um, quality teachers. So DJ Envy <clears throat> kind of touched upon this. He said, and I don't know, I, I don't want to misquote him if anybody can help me kind of paraphrase this. He said that public school teachers are overworked. We underpaid. Underpaid. And basically no good teachers. And there are very, very basically few. public, very few good teachers yeah. in public schools. Um and that is kind that of was what, the inference. Yep, that's what I inferred. That's the conclusion mm-hmm. I drew. Yeah, yeah, me too. And that's what sparked this whole entire conversation. That's why I titled it a triggered conversation because for me that triggered me uh, because I know some amazing public school teachers. I know some bomb ass public school teachers. I had great public. Two school of them are teachers. sitting in here right now. Hey, yes. hey. Shit. I had amazing public school teachers and for somebody to make a statement like that about public school teachers for me, that made me feel some kind of way, not only because of what he said, but because I know that's a popular opinion. It's a bougie ass Uncle Tom statement. He's a bougie ass Uncle Tom statement. So I want to take a moment and I want to talk about that. Um, Not even whether you believe public or private schools have the better quality teachers, but I want to kind of talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of want to talk about um, why do you think the public has that perception that private school teachers are better than public school teachers when, you know, in most cases they have the same credentials, same education level. And they're underpaid. Private school teachers don't make what we make. Because they're not unionized. Right. They don't make what we make. So they're underpaid. Proud union thug here. (laughs) Proud union thug. You're 100% right. Um, My four years in a public school. I can name several bomb teachers at the high school. And that's what, that's, that, they made me who I am. My elementary school was the bomb. It was, but. <laughs> Junior high. But I had issues in elementary middle, middle school. Middle school was a blur. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all did, because we were all assholes. I mean, look, look at, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching junior high school students now. I mean, that's a. God bless you on that one. Yeah, I feel so sorry for my, for my teachers. Back then, because I, oh, I can imagine how I was. Like, I'm going to go buy you a bottle just because you teach in middle school. Cause. But I also think that... Yeah, I'm open to that. When we think... I think that the reason why people think that public school teachers or private school teachers are better is because people automatically equate private with better. Mm-hmm, they automatically mm-hmm. equate... It's a gated rich, community. Right. They automatically equate rich with better. It's gated. Um, and that they are very <laughs> surprised when there are quality teachers in public education. Um, like I said, I know so many quality education educators. All right, 
Well, I, I see the differences in, in many ways. It's going to sound really whatever, but a, <laughs> that's the difference between uh, like a, a, a public firefighter and the little private firefighters who ride around their little truck that they got and they put a little thing on the top. I'm I'm I'm, I'm private firefighter. I'm a private mall cop. I think public school teachers are far better because we have to deal with so much more mm-hmm. and still deliver a quality product all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not putting down private school teachers. Well, in a way, I am because it's like I mean, well, we can't put them down for their choices. They chose to teach private, yeah, yeah. but don't say that we're not as good or that we're because well, well, that's most my cases, retaliatory response to that. You know, that's a retaliatory response because public stu- the, the stuff we deal with and still able to deliver, and we're mm-hmm. social workers, we're psychologists, we're parents. You don't you don't see kids in private uh, teachers in private school buying the uh, buying their own stuff or buying c- clothes for this kid who came in that yeah. day wasn't smelling too good or been wearing the same clothes for five days and you you want to help them out you don't have to yeah so so we're all around we're just not just we 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 do everything public school teachers I feel as a public everything. school teacher I I have more let me word this correctly. <sighs> hate having to be politically correct. Sometimes I just want to say shit. Um, I I heard you can say shit on here. (laughs) That's what my man said over here. So why don't you say some shit? I feel that my students deal with more. I was just talking to my aunt today um, about one of her students who's pregnant. And it may be, but it's by a family member because she's being sexually abused. You know, child protective services, you know, DPCD, DPS is all over that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no mandated reporting criteria here. Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying that private school students don't have to deal with those kind of things. It's just that students who attend school in a public school system. So let's think about the socioeconomic status of public school students, urban public school students. Mm -hmm. So you got levels, right? You got suburban and you got urban or suburban and rural students. Mm -hmm. And then you got urban students who are dealing and, you know, urban is kind of interchangeable and synonymous with black and brown. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it 100. They, these kids are dealing with so much shit Mm -hmm. on an everyday level Mm -hmm. and they still show up to come to school and they might be assholes and they might be jerks and they might be acting out and they might not want to do what it is that that you want them to do because they got so much other shit on their plate. Mind you, the teacher has to deal with that. I still got to find a way to mold this. You know, whereas a private school teacher, you might not have to deal with the fact that your student can't focus because they hungry. Or your student doesn't come to school because they don't have clean clothes. Why? Because your your student's pulling up to the in the parking lot with, a you know, a car mm. that's newer than yours. Oh, oh, True oh, story. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the, the, the antithesis of that would be that sometimes uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix said something really cool once he said they were talking about how much money jimmy was making he said sometimes the more money you make the more blues you can sing yeah and so when you talk money, about these, pro- these, these kids are coming up in these nice cars and they're getting dropped off they might be hooked on oxycontin yeah. most definitely hooked they, on they're getting high off of <laughs> methamphetamine they're depressed they're yeah. committing suicide okay so, so I they mean, got their own set of so, issues so, so the perception that these kids have because they have money that they're not facing problems now. It's just not true. And, yeah. and you look at some of these other rural schools and suburban schools, these kids are depressed as hell. They got their own set of issues. And, and right. So, I mean, it, it spreads around. So is it safe to ours say that? Ours is unique, though, in the urban setting because ours are dealing with, on top of that, poverty. Mm-hmm. Compounded by poverty. Compounded by living in a racist system. Mm-hmm. So they got regular high school, teenage, emotional depression and... Uh, personal issues on top of being poor and yeah. on top of being a part of a system that is, you know, systematically 
Against say racist. It. Yeah. Yeah, you got to put your head down, <laughs> look, look like, down just to say the word it's racist. systematically racist. Uh, teacher diversity, public or private, which has the greater teacher diversity? Public schools. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, teacher diversity nationally it's still very, very low. I had up, I had statistics, but I hate being one of those person, like one of those people that says research says. Why not? Um, but because you don't want to be one of those. Well, I don't want to be one of those facts type of people. That's like annoying. Like always, well, facts are annoying. That's the problem with this damn b- b- z- uh, country now. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't believe you said that one. <laughs> please say some facts, please. It'll be refreshing. Just like representation of uh, minority teachers in uh, retrospect to the minority student population in the country. So I think minority students uh, in public education, I think they're at 50 percent or close to almost 50 percent of public education. So that's students of color, all students of color, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas teachers of color are under 10 percent. It's awful. That's a problem. Okay, but what are the roots of that? Some of that is the fact that oh, I know what's the what the many of us are not going into teaching. Number one, because we're not going into teaching. It sucks because it doesn't pay much, and then you go you you got student loan. Uh, I'm 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 at at least eighty grand in. Uh, you got eighty. Yes, I wish. Yeah, I I got (laughs) eighty. And on top of that, all things that they deal with, and then so. A lot of people are not going into teaching. And on top of that, what I see is an overrepresentation of white females is what I see. And that's what it is. And I see that and dealing complex. with young. And then Kwanzaa Kanjufu wrote many books about the conspiracy uh, to uh, to destroy black children. All these books he wrote. Uh, and they deal with the fact that uh, the white females have come with preconceived notions, generally speaking, not all, mm-hmm. generally speaking about young black males. Because when a young black male gets to be around in the seventh or eighth grade, He's starting to, he's starting to, starting to, uh, you know, let his nuts hang. (laughs) Filling his up. Yeah, no, he's letting his nuts hang. When he lets his nuts hang in a, in a, in a cultural way that she's not used to, she thinks that there's oppositional defiant disorder. Which they didn't put that in the diagnostic statistical manual as oppositional defiant disorder. What kind of shit is that? Now we want to slap an IEP on him. Yeah. Yeah, Right. There you go. Now you label him for the rest of the. Only because this brother told her. There's this young kid who don't know any better when teachers told him to sit down in a way he didn't like. He said, oh, fuck you. Now he's got oppositional defiant disorder. Mm. Now he got an IEP. Now he's on that pipeline to prison. Yep. But uh, I read a. That's just bullshit. It's a book called Push Out, the the, the criminalization of black girls in American um, schools. Young black female students are also, you know, written up more often. Um getting sent home more often, suspended more often mm-hmm. than their, you know, white counterparts because they have bad attitudes. Um, and so maybe if there was a little bit more teacher diversity, because, you know, Miss Anderson understands that you might have a bad attitude. And I tell my students this all day, every day, like, look, baby girl, you got 16 years of, you know, having a bad attitude. I got 33 years of having a bad attitude. Let's Let's put your bad attitude up against my bad attitude any day. And typically my female students... It's like a wolf pack, mm-hmm. right? They recognize me as the dominant wolf in the room. Now, my male students, it takes a little bit longer for them to realize that Miss Anderson is not the one to play with. But they get it uh, eventually. However, um, I think that teacher diversity, and it's so much now in education about um, culturally responsive curriculum and culturally responsive instruction um, and just, you know, in teacher education programs and training, mm. giving teachers that adequate 
um, preparation for dealing with black and brown kids because mm-hmm. I get, you know, we need all the teachers we can get. So I'm not going to discriminate if you white, brown, black. I would love to see more of us in the classroom because, you know, black teachers matter. Uh, the fa- that Facebook group, y'all need to cut me a check for just saying that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being silly. But, you know, because black teachers ma- represent, not even black teachers, representation matters mm-hmm. in any field. So, yeah. Well, Wait, we I- got a comment. Oh, okay. Well, our children are generally passionate in their beliefs and values, which is usually misinterpreted. Yeah, it can be seen as being volatile. They can be seen as being hostile, threatening, having a quote unquote bad attitude. Um, just because you you might have something to say, but you might not know how to say it. So it might just come out because nobody has taught you how to say things. I'm 33 and I'm still learning how to respond as opposed to react. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning that because my my knee my knee jerk reaction. It's to cut into you. I come from, I was born and raised, I grew up in Detroit. I hate that people say I'm from Detroit and you're not really from Detroit. I grew up in Detroit. Yes. And so. Podcast Detroit. Podcast Detroit. Oh my God, my microphone is dying. Like, like Podcast Detroit. What about Podcast Detroit? Like it's in Detroit? Not in Detroit. We're in Royal Oak. Right well, it's the, metro, it's the Metro Detroit area. So a lot of people will say, I'm from Detroit, but they're from the Metro Detroit area. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're from the Metro Detroit area. Yeah. I'm from Detroit, like DPS, lived in Detroit, lived in the city. Mm-hmm. So it's like instinctively, I have a certain reaction to certain things because I am I feel threatened a lot. Or I'm, I'm always on the defense. And I'm not saying that. I'm not using that as an excuse. One of my girls said, Isa, seven mile all day. Seven mile, <laughs> better mile, walking through the airport with about 100,000. Okay, I did not just uh, quote a blade, a blade ice will quote on air. But once again, I'm from Detroit, and that's what we do. Anyways, I digress. But we have to understand where our students come from. That's what I'm saying. And also, I, 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 you know, I have to keep it completely 100, as you say. You know, now you talk about 33 years. I'm old enough to be your daddy. I'm, I'm 61. Yeah, my mom's 55. Yeah, so. I'm 61 years old. So I, it's like I've been through. I didn't seen a whole lot of shit. Shit you ain't even seen yet. I'm, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. But but let me say this: that a black male is extremely the right kind of black male is extremely important in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. With not just black males, but black females. Black females females because uh, the latest statistics are that 70% of all black families are headed by one parent. Mm-hmm. I can believe that, it. Th- no, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. 30% and that's all you got is 30% with, with, with two people in the household. Mm. And it's and so the fact that we don't have enough uh, men, mm-hmm. black men, but it, what, it's, it's qualitatively speaking, not quantitatively, what kind of black man? Yeah. Quality black, uh, black with my junior high school students. When I walk in the room, I mean, I, I stay from the beginning. I'm your elder. Mm-hmm. This I'm just not your teacher. I'm your elder. We're gonna run this like a village. And so the first thing we watch is Roots, and I ain't talking about that old Roots from 1977. I'm talking about the new one from 2016. And we and we go through the whole thing. And when when I'm done with that, they realize I am the elder in this room. Not that I'm the authority. Not that I'm your boss, but I'm mm-hmm. your elder. I'm mm-hmm. here to lead you and guide you through manhood. You're the source of and knowledge. And I want you I want you young ladies to observe what a real man looks like. When I walk in, I'm well dressed. I'm well groomed. I talk the right things and I speak the right things. I speak them truth to power for them. Mm-hmm. And 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 so those kids respond to that. They want that. Mm-hmm. And so. So it is important, you know, and when we talk about minorities and we use words like minorities and people of color, I'm sick of that That's shit. That's political. We got to be. I'm p- sick of that well, shit. We don't have to be politically correct. I'm, so I'm used talking to being about politically black correct. people. Be- I'm saying bl- we need black men in the classroom 
the, the pay be damned and everything else. We need we need black men in the classroom because we need them bad because we're we're the ones that's going to be setting that example for these young brothers. It's to the point for now the young where there are college of education programs. I my my younger brother is brilliant and he would make a brilliant educator. And I'm telling him like, yo, there are college of education programs right now that are paying for black males sure to go to school is. because you are in we are in need of you. Not saying, you know, you don't need another Miss Anderson in the classroom because, you know, the world can always benefit from another Tory J. But we need we need our brothers in the classroom. That's right. Strong brothers. Real yeah, brothers. We need strong brothers. And I'm not even going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go I there. ain't even going to go there. Yeah, don't go there. But you, <laughs> I, I feel you. You know where I I'm, feel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got Like you said, you got to have the right male That's educator. Right. That's right. Like, and you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So. We'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, What time is it? Do we want to take a break? Why? Well, yeah, well, I got to get some more Jägermeister. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break. We will be right back after this. And five. Yes? No? Maybe so? Just add it on. <laughs> and we are back. Yes, I know that was a very short break, but I could tell that you all missed us and our enchanting conversation. So we're just going to jump right back into it. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys this question. And I'm going to let you guys kind of think about it. Uh, do public schools prepare students to maintain the working class? So in the, in the interview, Killer Mike, or do public schools maintain the working class? Remember at the end of the interview, Killer Mike stated that, you know, he wants DJ Envy was talking about private schools teach students to become billionaires. And Killer Mike was, you know, talking about how he wanted them to, be, you know, get jobs uh -huh. and a demand. That's why I kind of wanted to watch the video yeah, so yeah, we yeah, can yeah, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, how yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. public schools, you mm -hmm. know, he wants them to get jobs to demand mm -hmm. a, a better salary and to yeah. get better wages. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Um, do public schools maintain the working class? So essentially I'm asking, do public schools pump out worker bees? You know, first of all, I, I, I totally disagree. I'm with devil's where, advocate. I know you are. Because I already know the answer. Uh, where, what's his name? Killer Mike? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, well Killer. Mr. Killer. Um, <laughs> Mr. Killer was full of shit on that one. Mm. Because what he's talking about is creating wage slaves. And, he's, and, and his response to, what was the other dude? DJ Envy. DJ Envy was talking about billionaires and he was and he was talking about, well, we got to create some people that will work for these billionaires. Mm -hmm. And so basically he's talking almost about wage slavery, just just this shy of talking about slavery, period. But he's talking about wage slaves. Mm -hmm. And I disagreed with him on that. Uh, public schools don't have, public schools have turned out many entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. you know. So I think that that was. Uh, 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 Do we have a curriculum that encourages entrepreneurship, though, especially with test preparation, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I, I can I can say this. Uh, when I was coming up, uh, there was something called NeoVac. Now uh, that was vocational training. I'm starting to see uh, in, in certain pu public schools still have vocational training, like, mm -hmm. to, you know, to, to own your own business, whether it's a bakery or. Hey, now, let me put it in for mine. I went to Pontiac Central High School. OK. OK. Home of the Chiefs. So you, you didn't go to school. In Detroit. So wait, you're not you're not from Detroit. No, I'm from uh, no, I'm from the yak, baby. I'm from the, the yickety area. yak. I'm from the yak, okay, baby. Right, we'll, town in the house. Okay, we'll we'll let Pontiac have their moment. Uh, their moment. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> what you talking about? 
<laughs> Pontiac is is a, was the shit. It ain't that ain't no more. What about you? Uh, what about you, Laura? What do you feel? How do you feel about that? What he said? How did that sit with you? It didn't sit well because as an alumni of Crockett, having to go to a vocational school. I looked at him like, you know what? I could start my own T-shirt business Mm -hmm. because I was in graphic design. Mm -hmm. And that's what I went home and did. I started doing T-shirts. Did you have Mr. McGee? Yes. I started Yeah, we had him. We was out there. Mm -hmm. Because he was the drafting teacher one time, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I was in photography, so. Okay. He was over it. But um, I started doing T-shirts. I started doing calendars. And I was selling them. I was looking at it as a hustler. You know, I'm like, you know what? I could do this, make money now. I don't have to wait till I, I got to school. Mm-hmm. I so imagine, now. imagine mm-hmm. what you could have done with that had you attended a school where there was a curriculum that guided you into that. Or one thing that DJ Envy said that really bothered me is he said this school, uh, it, it, these kids become billionaires or millionaires. Well, They're some of them, babies. That's what I'm saying. Some of them already got money. They, yeah. they trumping. That's what I'm saying. So it, that's doing the Trump That's thing. the same thing. I have a problem with people saying Kylie Jenner is self-made. Lies. She's not self-made. She comes mm-hmm, from a family mm-hmm. that already had a, a pre-established pocket mm-hmm, of wealth. Yes. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you're not you're not doing anything except building upon that wealth. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you already here. You just building on mm-hmm. on that. We down here. Self-made for me. He was at the forty-yard line with the ball. Yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. Right. If you, if you starting from the bottom, that's self-made. Yes. Like, and so I would be mm-hmm. impressed if you know you took a. A kid from Detroit mm-hmm. and took him to Country Day, mm-hmm. and that kid became a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Not if you had a Country Day kid whose mom went to Country Day and their granddad went to Country Day, and they got legacy a whole baby. library. You mm-hmm. got a whole legacy baby, and I'll tell y'all about my Country Day story um, in Uh-oh. a minute. Then yeah. after that, I'm gonna throw some salt in the game. So what you mean, salt? Well, just keep, okay, go, well, go well, finish your look, story. I'm, I'm a little worried. Um, <laughs> but no, worry. I'm I'm not impressed by somebody who becomes a millionaire when they come from millionaires. That's mm-hmm. easy. That's that's generational wealth, yeah. which is something we we still trying to create. We just we're just now probably, you know, when I say we, I mean, you know, black people. Mm-hmm. We are probably just now getting to the point where we can begin to create generational wealth hundreds of years later. That's a whole nother. Let me even not go off onto that tangent. True story. Country day. When I was in the eighth grade, um, one of my teachers thought it was a brilliant idea to tell my mother to have me take the test to get into country day. Um, so my mother took me to what was it Beverly Hills Michigan uh to take this test to go to country day and I remember this day vividly in my brain I remember going into this room I remember each of us sitting at a round circular table um I remember going to the bathroom before the test even started because you know I'm nervous I got I got the BGs I'm taking a test to go to country (laughs) day special moment yeah sorry just keep that was a little that might have been too graphic um very special moment probably see if we can delete that out probably not um no he said no sorry see this is where my mouth gets me in trouble um but I'm sitting at I'm I'm in the bathroom you know I'm nervous and I'm I'm in the bathroom and two girls walk in and I don't think they realized I was in the bathroom. But, you know, I'm I'm ear hustling because I want to know, you know, what what it's like. They got on, you know, their little country day shirts and shorts and everything. And one of them says, did you see how many of them are out there? Like, I wonder how many are coming on scholarships. And I didn't know who they were because they never said they. But I knew they meant me, mm. you know. Because I knew that my mom, so I guess DPS had this thing. If you tested, you got into country day, they would offer some kind of partial scholarship. Or there was some opportunity for a partial scholarship. And I don't know where my mom was going to get the rest of the money from. But, you know, if her daughter had the opportunity to go to country day, she was going to make sure I took my black ass to country day. And I remember hearing that. 
And so I went back out to the table and I sat at that table the entire time and I didn't take that test. I didn't pick up that pen. I didn't pick up that paper. She tried Regina. She tried Dominican. And I did the same exact thing at all three because I felt, you know, even as a, wow, was I 13, going on 14? As a 13, 14 year old, I didn't want to be any place where I was going to be looked upon as a charity case or looked upon as I didn't belong. And so I, I'm thinking about that when I think about like sending our kids to private schools. I know that, you know, they get a better education and they might you think they get a better education or more high, high quality education. But do they belong? Do they feel that sense of belonging? Um, and I just think that's interesting. It depends on where where that school is located. Mm-hmm. So for like you say with your babies. Yeah. I drive from the suburbs to Detroit to make sure that they're around their own mm-hmm. so that they can see you know, a black teacher, they could see black classmates. There's a couple of other, you know, children in there that's Hispanic, Indian, Caucasian, all of that. But primarily at the school, I could say like 97% is black. So I'm like, okay, I prefer for them to go here because they see their own Mm -hmm. versus them going out there where we're at. Mm -hmm. Because where I live at, I don't want nobody walking into my kids' pre-K classroom with a gun Mm. or into their school with a gun because it seems like the chances, like you said, for it to happen in a suburb versus in the hood, (laughs) we won't have that in the hood. They know we don't play those games. Until you leave out the school. Now, that's different. Until you get the parking lot. All things being equal— you, you know, that's your ass is grass yeah. either way. Then you got Ray Sean waiting yeah. in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. Or, or, or Ray Ray Pookie and June <laughs> Bug and them. But oh, why we got to give them the stereotypical? <laughs> name? Uh, I did. I, I, I did. Ray Sean. I was trying. But let to me like, throw let me throw some salt okay, in this game because the, the salt is is that as, as black folks, I, I this is the one thing that irritates me the most is that we think that our that's why the Steve Harveys of the world and these other people of the world who have made money, we hold them up as examples of what. Uh, a brother ought to be. Steve Harvey's the most unconscious. Uncle Tom, I've seen up there. He's just a smiling buffoon. And the same thing with some of these other black comedians that are out there. And so if we create black millionaires just for the sake of what well, they're a millionaire, now they're successful. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I would rather see a brother that's making 80 grand a year, but he's he's conscious. And he's, I'm trying to make 80 grand a year. Right. Like you're well, saying that like that's no, no, I'm, I'm just saying 80 grand as a, as a medium. Can I get to, to 80? To, I'm just saying as a medium to saying uh, being a millionaire. Yeah. Because 80 grand people. You don't have to be a millionaire to be successful. Grand. Right. But my point is if he's making 50 grand, I'm, it's like it, it's we make these quantitative analysis, this quantitative analysis mm-hmm. of black progress instead of a qualitative analysis. And to me, a brother who is unconscious, who opens up a store in a community and does the same thing to the community that the that the the, the Chaldean might, guy might do, or or Korean uh, nail people might do, and hair and if you're no different than the rest, yeah, it's like are you conscious? Are you not? Are you are you and for are you for us? Are you for our liberation or not? Because if you think that we're liberated, we're not. You think it, it, so? If if he's not for that, then. It's the kind of black person that we have, and not mm-hmm. just the fact that he's a millionaire. Like you said again, the kind yeah. like look at OJ. OJ was a millionaire. <laughs> OJ was oh, the biggest Lord. Uncle Tom, a, a huge Uncle Tom. Look at these other Uncle Toms we got out here. Jay Z said, as they say, house niggas. So I mean, the bottom line is, is you know, we don't have qualitative conversations about what kind of people we put up there. Jay Z said, "I'm not black. I'm OJ." Okay. All right. Let's see. I got. 
I'm glad this show ain't two hours because the more Jaeger, the more really gets. Oh wow. <laughs> So this is what this is what he's Killer Mike said at the end. If all these millionaires are going to private school, someone is going to have to work for them, and I want to demand a greater salary. Is there anything wrong with that though, for wanting to demand a greater salary? No, you have to know your worth. Because if you think about it, a lot of the millionaires they know they probably know how to run the business, but they don't know how to. How can I put this? They're the visionaries. So if you look at like a. A true visionary, they can just see something as a vision, but they don't have the capacity mentally to actually, you know, to knock it it through. Do the work. So I would, for me, I didn't finish school because school, college wasn't for me, Mm -hmm. but I could go in to my company and demand a higher salary because I've taken up a trade or I have these licenses up under my belt. So you're going to pay me more because I'm doing what you don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. You could go out there and pay somebody else and they're going to mess your shit up. So there are a lot. I think there's this, this new shift in education. We are, you see the ads on the freeway all the time. We're promoting trades a lot, Um, which I'm 100% down with promoting trades. However, I don't think that we should just be promoting trades to students who go to schools in urban areas. No, they should be everywhere. I think they should. I be personally feel that this trade push is just in urban public schools. I can't speak to what's going on in West Bloomfield mm. and Troy and so now we're, Gross Point North and Gross Point we're South. We're digging up the old Booker T. Washington, W.B. Du Bois argument yeah, again. That's, that's what we're doing. The talented 10th versus what Booker T. was saying is that we need to grow uh, people who can who can do these kinds of yeah. skills. So we're, we're here we are 150 years later, whatever it was. But is it still, back with Booker still, T. and W.B. again? It's still, it's, it's still going on, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, when you look at when you look at skilled trades back in the uh, from the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies, skilled trades were good because we had because uh, the the black folks came from the agrarian south to work in the industrialized north in the mm-hmm. automobile manufacturing plants. Yeah. My father came up here from Cordova, Alabama, to work in the plant, yeah, and everybody else too. did too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, now that that's over and that's done with. Uh, and we talk about trades. We have to talk about all different, different kinds of trades. trades. Yes. And we have to talk about trades that have been like, look, what's going on right here? Yeah. This dude right here. I don't know if he got a college diploma or not, but this is a trade. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill. Okay. Podcasting. They got this building in here and they, they, this building was not always That's a podcast. Building. I want my kids to be able to tap shit. into stuff. And they like open this, this up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So th- when you talk about trade, we could talk about opening up new kinds of trades mm-hmm. within uh, this technological uh, society that we're Especially in. You can, div- you can create a trade. With the social media, like social media influencers, like people right. create yes. jobs for themselves every day. Those are the kind of trades right. I want my kids to have. You access. got a college exactly. degree, man. Do you have a college degree? Okay. All right. What 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 is it? What is it in? It's the mic. Okay. Well, it's a just tell me and I'll use my mic. It's a technical mic. difficulty. We got it. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it. It's in microphone repair. You don't have repair. to tell us on air. <laughs> <laughs> microphone repair. Anyway, it's not <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I posed that. My degree is in Spanish literature. Oh, oh. see there? Now see there? So, so originally, but this is his trade now. Well, we don't have to want to be on air. Originally, I was going to be a high school Spanish teacher. Did and you just hear us saying it's a well, it's a teacher shortage, man? What you doing? Yeah, but this is cool, I, ain't it? I don't like the repetitiveness of classroom style teaching. <gasps> it's a shortage. I, I know. So I have a question. About I make e learning content professionally. 
This is just my That's side right. gig. So, oh, I, I, so I it's do. a side hustle. So you're still in education. Still in education. So you on a whole teacher talk podcast and you never even told me that you went to Because <laughs> nobody ever asked. I did. True story. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him what it is. You know, I want to know about people. I'm Columbo. <laughs> All right, we got another quote from Killer Mike from the interview. Most schools teach students to take a test. Mm-hmm. Are public schools more uh, standardized test centered, do we think, than private schools? Are we doing this thing again? Nope, you can okay. just talk. Just throw the whole game away. I killed a lot of trees for these. Um. I say public school, yes, Mm -hmm. Um, for the simple fact that when I was in private school, I didn't have to take all these standardized tests that I hear kids taking today. You know, we nobody tests more than people in America. (laughs) Yeah, that too (laughs) on an international level, and we're one of the dumbest countries. We have we are the lowest performing, one of the lower performing uh, countries in education, and we take all these standardized assessments. I remember Jay Leno when the Tonight Show was on. He used to. Go out in the public with a microphone and ask college students questions that base. I'm talking about basic shit. I'm talking about like, don't ask me no math shit. Like, like I'm sound real. I mean, idiot. when I say basic shit, I'm talking about basic. Like, who's the vice president? Or I mean, just ba- and they were and they, these are college people. Uh, they were, I, I, this country is really, 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 really dumb. In a lot of ways. Well, was it a late night on a college night? Because I'm no, just saying. No, was it was in the middle, of the, middle of the day. You could see all the palm trees in the background. The sun was shining. I'm just saying, if it's a late, a late Friday, Saturday night, and you're a college Thursday night even, and then no, you're a college kid. No, no. Did I, oh, I got it working. Yeah. Okay, good. So... Meanwhile, Finland does no standardized testing, and there's no, some of Finland the, is shitting right. on no. us. And yeah. Finland, Sweden. Say that. Say that, man. Yeah, Finland is amazing in education, and they turned it around in the last what twenty, thirty years. That's right. And their teachers have a salary that rivals their doctors and their attorneys. Yes. Imagine that getting paid for your education level and your experience. And you can even look at countries like Sweden. I mean, on and on. I mean, it's like <laughs> that was sarcasm. Imagine yeah. getting paid your worth. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. That was, I just felt some kind of way about that. Um, it is 729. I am out of questions. Well, th- let's just talk. I mean, how much time you got left? 30 minutes. Let's oh, well, sure. we can let's do just this. just shoot the shit. You, you don't have to use the whole time. If I you do don't not have need to use it. No. All right. Let's I not. Mean, you're, you're paying for it, but if you're out of conversation, don't drag it out just because. Yeah, we don't want to do that. I don't want that on, on air. I'm always full. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, so. Like I said, I really wish we would have been able to watch the video and then kind of stop and discuss. But, you know, in education, we got to be flexible. We got to shift. We got to, you know, change things. Um, I just really wanted to give people just kind of the platform to just kind of air out their feelings about this whole public versus private uh, issue, especially now that it's, you know, it's a real issue, um, you know, with education being privatized nationally. Uh, the next episode, I kind of want to talk about public schools versus charter schools. Well, not even versus because, you know, we're all in this together, this education game. Sarcasm again. You guys can't see my face. Um, but as teachers or as parents or as administrators, um, I don't want us to be divided when it comes to education. But I do want us to, you know, just air the shit out because it's, we're not the same. We're not, we're not cut the same. We're not built the same. We don't deal with the same issues. Um, but I also don't like it when people say that one is better than the other because we're kind of all, we in it together. But don't you think that 
Because we keep looking at education in a vacuum. We look at education as – What do you mean by that? I'm about to explain. Um, That education is somehow uh, not a microcosm of the larger picture. When we look at uh, just American society in in general, education (laughs) is just a microcosm of the entire system. And it's very low on the totem pole. Uh, well, mm-hmm. it, it might be low on the totem pole in one sense, but I mean, education is the del- is is how the state delivers its mandate to people. How mm-hmm. you create automatons, how you create uh, subservient people. Yeah. Well, no, not citizens. Subservient people to the agenda of the state. That's why I asked: Do you, do we think that public schools kind of maintain the working class? Well, yeah, but 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 maybe a, a more broader question would be: do, do public schools and private schools maintain the agenda of the state in general? I mean, the 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 the, the, the state's agenda is to is to keep, is to create people who are subservient to that agenda, yeah. and that agenda is to, is to create people who pay these taxes, yeah. contributing and, members and and, and and of society, right. We and, want and, people to contribute to capitalism, to our capitalistic society. Right. But but also, I mean, it, it funds the very things that are against the people. So, I mean, well, to for some, example, for example, the police. Ooh, yeah, ooh, crickets. <laughs> the police. I mean, look, the police and the police and the black. But you got to go back, though. You got to go back to the paddle rollers on the plantation and look how the peas continue to go. Paddle roller. And then it became a uh, patrolman and then police. Well, the Those clan, three P's. The and, and the agenda has always been the same to control. Mm. Now, 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 in the white community, it's to preserve and protect and blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm a fully degreed, highly educated black man with no, no warrants, no nothing. When I, when the police get behind me, my ass puckers up as tight as a snare drum. I'm, I'm, I'm like this. Literally? Yeah. Oh, well, not, not literally. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 next time the police get up behind me, I'm going to check my ass and see how it does. If it puckers up like a snare drum, then I'll, I'll go Like the top a snare it. drum. That's yeah, a yeah, nice yeah, simile. Some, yeah, some Nice music simile. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm a musician. Look, in an English teacher, I'm like, that's a nice simile. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm flattered. But the, the bottom line is, is that. Um, you shouldn't feel that way. I feel what? No, I shouldn't. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel that yeah, way. No, I shouldn't. And I know you do. And, I do. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sister to brother. And I got a lot of mouth, too, so. Yeah. Well, well. see, we just watched The Hate You Give in my classroom the, the other day. You know I that's my book. Kids. Uh, yeah, I right. taught that book at, you know, I taught it for like, did they see it? No. Did you have any of my former students? No, no. But, oh, you got middle schoolers. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. no, no. Last year I was in the high school. Remember, I taught high well, school. Well, here's a shameless plug. Next time you teach it, I have a Hate You Give unit on Teachers Pay Teachers. Check it out. Better yet, just send it to me. Um, uh, <laughs> I didn't like the movie. I hated the movie. I hated the movie. In the comparison was, to the book, the book was the so movie much was better. Trash. Okay, well, uh, uh, well, first of all, I thought the acting was bad. Um, just from a just from a just a performance standpoint, I thought the acting was bad. I thought it was corny. It was. I thought the whole store scene of burning down the store and uh, pouring the milk on your face and her standing giving that that ridiculous speech to the crowd. You it know, wasn't supposed I to be get like that. that. I get that, but the students. There was enough of. Uh, there was enough in that movie for the students to to identify, particularly the scene where he, where my man got killed by the police. Khalil, yeah, reaching for his uh, his, 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 his hairbrush. Hair okay, and so it was enough for us to have some very courageous conversations about mm-hmm. police brutality and its role. And it, we had just finished watching Roots, the whole series. So we saw this. So they continuum. was already charged. Well, what we saw was a continuum. Yeah. We there had uh, Dr. modern day Dr. Francis Cress Wellesley, someone I respect highly out of Howard University, said there's never been 
a second, a minute, an hour, a day, a month, a year, a decade, and a century since 1619 that we have not lived under institutionalized white supremacy. And so when you really think about the fact that this continuum has just changed faces, changed roles, same dance, different partners, pockets of the same pants, it never has changed. And so the role of the police has always been to control and maintain. And we get killed every day by the police. And it's gotten to the point where we don't get no more respect than a deer during November. During hunting season. They get more respect than we do. Because if you shoot one that's out, out of season, season. <laughs> you go, your ass is going to, jail. going to jail. You shoot one of us during, it, it's always in season. It's been that way since 1619. You're going to jail. And, and we got to be real. We, we got to stop being afraid to talk about what's real. Yeah. And we're afraid. Black but folks some are people, mostly are scared. Some people, it makes them uncomfortable. Some well, people are talking about things. Some people feel powerless, and so they feel that why even exert that energy really? to talk about? Some people feel very powerless yeah. um, to change shit. Yeah, well. Or, but I'm like, you got, and I'm I would tell my Malcolm students. Malcolm didn't feel that way, or King, or yeah. Marcus Garvey. And so one of the things, and when I taught the Hate You Give, one of the most important themes or the messages I felt from that book. Fred Hampton. Was, yeah, she talked a lot about the Black Panthers in the book. One of the most important themes I feel from that book is speaking up and using your voice. Mm-hmm. People don't even realize the power that your voice has and just speaking up. In the classroom in particular. Yes. It, it's, I tell people all the time, I say, I have an agenda Yeah, all day, every day in the classroom. I have an agenda, and my agenda is to create. I'm not, like Tupac said, I'm, I can't promise that I'm going to be the one to change the world, but I can promise you I'm a spark to mind that changes the world. I pinky promise you I will. Mm-hmm. And that's my purpose. That's why I get up every morning and do what it is that I do. Public or private school teacher, uh, public school teacher over here doing it. Uh with that being said, I think this is a great note to end on. Yeah, it's cool. It's good. Thank you guys for joining it's me groovy. today or this evening. Is it today or this evening? What Thank- difference does it make? We're on vacation. What right, difference does it exactly. make? Exactly. I don't want to know what day it is until next Sunday. My man Sunday. getting hyped up on Mountain Dew and he just had a, man, you man, you ought to be floating out of here. You got another pie? Well. No, I'm. this is the last one for the night, but uh, okay. I, I like caffeine. Yeah, I can dig it. <laughs> But thank you guys for listening in. If this is your first time joining us for Teacher Talk Podcast, make sure you check out episodes one. Uh, I think it was called Shit I Wish I Would Have Learned About Teaching. And episode two, Evaluate These. This is episode three, Public Versus Private Education. We will be back next month. Uh, Same time, same place. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Right on. And I always end too early.